Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Duncan, and I'm Jessica, and that's a and dog. Of course, the dogs are working. Right <laughs> and this is Fear the Walking Dead cast episode two twenty. And welcome, Jessica. Welcome hey, back to the show. Glad welcome to be back. back. Glad you're available. Melissa got some more work. Good for Melissa and good for me. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> wins. Yeah, thank you for coming back. Yeah, winners all around. So <laughs> I uh, forgot to mention this that. A couple of weeks ago, Duncan, I made an editing mistake and Duncan was cut out of the first like 20 minutes. I think that was when you were on, Jessica. Yeah, yeah. it was. I remember. And so uh, yeah, the comments were hilarious. Well, people who didn't uh, immediately figure out what happened, it just seemed like you and I, Jessica, were having some really awkward conversation. <laughs> awkward pause. I don't think I, lis- I didn't get a chance to listen to it until after you, you fixed it. So. I didn't really listen to it either, but I can imagine that. <laughs> Like every time I say something, it's just quiet. It's dead just air quiet. Like so it sounds like I said something. You guys just start laughing out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> like we're crazy. Responding to no one. So that if you don't know anything about audio editing, you're probably like, "How the hell could that happen?" But we're all on three different tracks, and so oh, yeah. I accidentally split one and deleted. cut in the yeah. wrong place. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways, it was about uh, an hour after I published before I some I got a tweet i think somebody mentioned it oh shit so i went back and fixed it and republished it and so if you downloaded that episode within the first hour if you wanted to you could delete it and go back and re-download it and you'd have the full conversation but uh i then realized well we're on so many we're in so many other places now and it doesn't even though i can immediately publish it to itunes and a couple other places where we are, it takes a while, if at, if at all, for it to trickle out to other places. So I had to like write to all these places where we're at, and some of them responded, some didn't. Oh um, no! And say, can you you know like what other our places episode? like SoundCloud or? I was gonna mention. Yeah, I just thought I would take Stitcher. this opportunity to mention. I never plug where we are, but we're mm. on Stitcher, and that was one that took like a couple of days to update. Oh. Google Play, I don't even know if that one did. We are actually on Spotify, which I'm pretty proud really? of. Really? Because that's like hard to get in, wow. I guess. Cool. Um, we're like one of two Walking Dead podcasts on there. Nice. I don't even know if that one got updated. It might just be the old version. I don't wow. know. And then we have partner sites like dailydead.com, which is a horror sci-fi and like geek news features and interviews and stuff run by a friend of mine. Yeah, those guys are cool. Yeah, really cool, Jonathan. And then, of course, FanFest.com, which is James Fraser's site. He does FanFest conventions and walk, Walker Stalker. And now he has this like 
geek media empire going on. So we're on there and that's a pretty cool site. So I, I encourage you to check dailydead.com and fanfest.com out if you haven't. But anyway, sorry. I'm sorry about that, Duncan. That sucked. <laughs> oh, look, Duncan's track is cut out again. <laughs> Where'd you go? Oh, no. He's probably like getting uh, Sorry about dog. that. Yeah, I was no, just closing the door, locking. <laughs> that was pretty funny. The the I just... Out. I just asked you, I just said something to you and you didn't answer. I was like, oh, you deleted my again. audio track. <laughs> I know it. I just said, I'm sorry about that. that, that <laughs> That's okay. I didn't, I, I, that was not a commentary on the value of your contributions. You're like, sorry, man. And then mute me just to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top three in five, four. Three, two. All right, it's Deadcast Top Three this week. It's our top three highlights for Fear the Walking Dead season two, episode six, Sicket Service, Sicket yeah. Service, hmm. something like that. Sicket Carus, Carus. So, Carus. what did you guys think? This was a crazy episode. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I I would give it a three point seven five. Actually, I mean, I liked it, but there were some parts of it that really dragged it down for me. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of felt. You know, I really liked it too. Same thing. There were a few things that I was sort of like, really, but. There was, I would give it a higher rating. I haven't rated it in a while, but yeah. I would say this is one of the better Fear the Walking Dead episodes, in my opinion. So I'd give it like a 4.4 or something like that. Yeah. I think I'll give it a 4.2 brains. <laughs> right in the middle. Yeah. Towards, I mean, it got better, I think, towards the end, but there were just certain, you know, scenes or instances where I, I just kind of was like, oh, come on. It was just, there were kind of some weak scenes and some weak moments, but I think overall it was a good, it was a good episode. And we'll get into mm-hmm. Can you uh, give us an example? Um, yes. I thought that the whole situation of them going through the, I forget what they called it, like the, not the blockade, but the boats going into Mexico, they built that mm-hmm. up so much. And it was like, yeah. shot, shot. Okay, keep going. Like it was, I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. you built that up and it was like, eh, they just think we're going to die on land. It's like, what? I just, I was just a little bit disappointed by that. Yeah. I have in my notes ended up being pretty easy to get across the border. Yeah. It was, it didn't make sense because, well, for one, I guess it was Mexicans who had set that up because they were all speaking Spanish mm-hmm. and they were just trying to extort gold from people. Yeah, so, pretty much. Okay, fine. I guess, you know, that sort of explains why it was so hard to get what's needed to get through because it's probably not easy to get bars of gold. So, but, uh, then yeah, there were not very many boats. They said it was a flotilla, but it just looked like it was like a three few boats. Boats. flotilla. There you go. And when they said that, oh, it looks like you have a lot of stuff for only two people. Like, wouldn't if they really cared, wouldn't they check underneath? <laughs> like, they didn't seem like they really. Well, I cared. think they were. I think they were going to, but yeah. then the firefight broke. Oh, out, that's right. Right. Yeah, but it felt then, like they were just about to start. Yeah, then they just let them through and. And then they said, oh, because he thinks we're going to die on land, which made me think, well, yeah, because Mexico is probably just as filled with zombies as anywhere else. So would people really want to brave that, 
raise the gold just to go to another zombie infested place and then if they're just gonna let him through i don't know yeah, yeah the there's way. some high population density areas in mexico for sure mm-hmm. yeah they, they, they're trying to get the gold and they're like they're gonna die anyway just let them go <sighs> that didn't make sense at all <laughs> i, I yeah. guess you know i guess the only thing is they're just like well we're gonna get whoever we can but we don't want to risk too much too many lives i'm talking about the whoever was guarding the border mm-hmm. you know uh, so whatever yeah but yeah you're right they totally built it up but yeah i think mexico city is the most populous city in the world it's yeah it's it's up there but but Mexico's a big place so i don't know whatever yeah they they built that up uh all right well let's is that is that one of your points um no not not really okay why don't you give us one then okay um <laughs> my number three is madison uh she's fierce as um strand said and I, I'm I'm just coming to really like her a lot more. Uh, she was, I think, a more of a main character in the first season, and then they kind of focused more on I think Nick and Strand. Now it's just kind of coming back up as, as he said, a fierce character. I like that she is really this, you know, this mama lion. She's really just protecting Alicia and Nick. And when Travis is being a little baby, she's like, you know what? I got to be with Leisha right now. Like this is like it's interesting to know that if they were, you know, in a real if they were in, back in the old world and they were on the rocks, like they might go on a break, but where are they going to go? Like they're stuck together, but romantically how do you break up when you're just you can't really move out. Mm-hmm. So I mean Rick and Lori had yeah their severance for a little while there and i always thought well they'll work it out and then she yeah died. i so i just <laughs> i like madison i like that she's strong like she i like how strong she is as a mom like she's really protecting nick and alicia but it doesn't mean that she's in like the you know the mother or housewife type of character like she's still a fierce leader of the whole group yeah Travis is like, what, so where are you, what are you doing, Madison? She's like, stuff and things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, totally, man. I totally agree. She's And that scene where Nick was getting the pizzoli from Celia mm-hmm. and they had their little moment. And the way Celia comes across, if you're not paying too much attention to what she's saying, she seems really sweet and wise and yeah. very yeah. much... Uh, my god she is the governor all over again (laughs) but i but i and herschel the difference is that she's not trying to hide anything and she's fully like the governor had two halves kind of one that he kept hidden but she's fully just firmly square in her beliefs and so she feels like she's right and the way you know i mean there's a lot of people like that (laughs) but and then there's some strong parallels in this episode but wait, yes. wait, I just want to uh, make this oh, one ahead. point that then when uh, Madison came in and broke in, you know, and said he's really impressionable and, uh, you know, she she didn't want because she came in right when Celia was telling Nick that the dead have always walked among us. We just couldn't see them before. And she's like, oh, that's a little crazy. So she wanted to pull him out of there. And there was this little kind of tense confrontation in between the two. My first thought was, oh, man that's mean she's being mean right now nick's just making a friend but then it turns out that she has great motherly instincts because you don't want your son hanging out with this woman who could might give him a wafer yeah seriously 
So anyway, yeah, that was just another testament to Madison's character. Like you're talking about that. She's a great, this is, this show is all about family. It's more and more clear yeah. to me all the time. And so she's the strong mother figure who also is a leader in her own right. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've really started to like that character a lot over the past couple episodes. Cool. All right. Uh, Duncan. All right. My number three is Mexican Jonestown. You think they're all planning to take those wafers? No, no, but uh, just the, that scene at the church in the beginning. Oh, yeah. It's Ugh. like, first of all, it, it starts off and we're in the foreign environment, you know, no no characters we know of. At first, I thought it may have been a flashback to yeah. El Salvador because it was kind of, it seemed like it had sort of like a filter over it that gave it sort of a, like a flashbacky vibe, kind mm-hmm. of. And um, it was just like wave after wave of unexpected things. You know, all of a sudden we're in this church. All of a sudden there's these like these crazy prayers going on. All of a sudden Thomas Abigail shows up. So I figured out where we were at that point. Then all of a sudden people are bleeding out of the eyes. <laughs> you know, just kept that getting crazier crazy. and crazier. Yeah, it was hard to figure out what was going on, but you really couldn't until you had all the pieces yeah. of the yeah. story. You know? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I thought they, uh, they did that pretty well. Good intro. It's a little unbelievable that there could be some poison that would make you bleed from the eyes. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I believe that there's, I, I'm, you know, I believe that there's poison that you could just eat and it would slowly kill you. But the bleeding from the eyes thing, that was a little theatrical. Like it was kind of more mm. obvious that, all right, there's some type of, you know, stage blood that they put on their eyes. It didn't seem as realistic as some other, as it could have been, I think. There's a lot of little capillary veins around your eyeballs, I think. And so if, if there was a poison that like really thinned your blood mm-hmm. and increased your blood pressure, they could burst the capillaries and uh It would be a targeted that. though, have to be targeted somehow. Yeah, maybe. It's interesting. <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna look it up. I mean, I think, you know, it's all about the religious imagery. So it's suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. slash, you know, literary poetic license, but um it's all about because there Very are symbolic. these statues of the Virgin Mary that people put blood coming down from their eyes. And sometimes people say that it just happens spontaneously mm. and it's a supernatural occurrence. So that's like a common religious image. Oh, oh yeah. I had no According idea. to the internet anyway, because mm. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode was filled with oh yeah that kind of yeah, just different perspectives on religion and religious imagery and things like that. All right, my turn. So Celia, I thought was, wait, was that all you had to say, Duncan, about that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So Celia, I thought was a really great character in large part because of the actress. She just was really good. And and Nick too, I think Nick does the same thing that they're the kind of actors that elevate material that they're reading. Mm -hmm. So that's why that scene between them, the two of them, I thought was really good. It was just, especially Nick, being really vulnerable yeah. and I'm so sick of all this killing. You I know? loved yeah. that. Definitely. <laughs> there was a lot of really emotional moments in this episode that yeah. really hit yeah. hit pretty hard. I, harder than any episode I've uh, seen thus far. Definitely. The, the, all over the map too. I mean, a lot of creepy, intense things, but some touching things too, like with Strand mm-hmm. and uh, Thomas, you know? Yeah. When he first came in and saw the bite and said he was sorry, he was he could have come back and helped him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to get too far. Away. So Celia, 
I, I was trying to figure out how do I talk about her? Well, there's what she does, what she believes and what she's like. So I'll start with what she does just because some people weren't quite sure by the time this episode was over exactly what it was all about. But I think I have a pretty good handle on it. Mm -hmm. So a couple episodes ago, Louise said, my mother will be safe in any world, especially this one. Death is a, a way to new life. And that totally makes sense now because they both believe that zombies are the next stage in life. Mm -hmm. And the Catholic priest in the beginning is talking about why this is, why he thinks this is all happening. It's, it's, evil or probably Satan who's trying to make them all turn away from God and doubt God. And so their response to that is to take up, I think they had weapons, but anyway, to go to Celia's place and they're going to kill all those zombies that she has chained up or in there. Oh up. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. That's why Thomas comes and says, Hey, we've got armed people there. You're going to get, you're going to, yeah, you don't killed. know what you're fucking with. Mm. Right. And, but then right at that moment, Celia somehow, she had struck already. Poisoned <laughs> the, yeah. Poisoned the communal wafers and <laughs> killed them also that, and she, in her mind, that's not a horrible thing because they're just going to turn into what she sees as this next spiritual evolution. Oh, oh so I totally missed the what you just said about them they were going to go to celia's place yeah I'm yeah, yeah I when i watched it the second time mm. that was much clearer to me you know that's why if you had seen all those zombies chained up first and then seen that scene it it it, it would have been more clear mm -hmm. i think but uh that's what was happening and then what she believes is that the dead always walked among us invisibly, but right. now we can see them. So it's some kind of a spiritual evolution. And when Daniel says she killed those parishioners, those churchgoers, he, she says, no, you killed them. So she doesn't think she killed them by poisoning them. She thinks he killed them by, you know, shooting them in the head or whatever. Right. Yeah. She brains. doesn't believe that they're dead when they're right. zombies. I mean, and then, and then it's interesting to look back and when Louise was shot he's like no don't get me in the head and then she said oh well you didn't get him in the head he's not dead there's he's nothing okay. to be sorry about but it's she does i think she thinks that they're dead but they're mm -hmm. still their it's spirit like is still yeah, there or something like she that said, you, know? you know the dead they've always been with us now we can yeah. see them she's basically herschel 2.0 kind of but herschel How do you different see herschel, though oh because he had them in his uh barn. yeah his barn okay. and he thought maybe they could there was a cure. So I think mm. he did think that they were still somehow some kind of alive. Yeah. You know? Just different motivations. Yeah. There was a couple different parallels. This, uh, this episode of, of characters that resembled characters from the walking dead that had different motivations. This, yeah. this reminded me of Herschel and then Chris, his whole like slipping into secondary psychopathy type thing sort of reminded me of Shane and the way he kind of mm. started slipping off the deep end. But can we talk about that yeah. for a minute? Because I that was just another storyline that I was a little disappointed with when, you know, Alicia said, oh, but you, you know, you stopped and you were going to let her die. I'm like, I just thought he was frozen Zoned and in out. shock. Yeah. I'm like, are we really? I, I just think that was a little blown out of proportion to say that Chris has it out for Madison. I'm like, I think he was just shocked and like, could, and he was just, he just froze. Yeah, that's what I thought. I too. mean. And so she's like, oh, you have it. I'm like, Alicia, come on, just chill for a second. Okay. Yeah, he was a little freaked shock. out. Like, was that the, well, I mean, 
What do you think, Jason? I mean, I don't know for sure because th- there was a scene earlier where Chris, you know, was talking with Travis and Travis said that guy wasn't sick. And Chris is like, well, who told you that? Who said he wasn't? It was Madison. Well, she told me she believed me. So he seemed upset at her at that point. Mm. And, and yeah, I think they planted that. That Well, I think that's why they planted it. Mm. So that when he, when that scene happened, you would wonder mm. at least. I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be that you knew for sure. Oh, no, he's just frozen. I think you're at the very least supposed to be wondering what's going on with him. Yeah. But you guys think that he's he just froze and now he doesn't. I mean, he well, that's what I thought. Talk to Alicia. He's like, you know, you just think you saw that. So I guess he's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's just trying to protect himself, even though he fucked up. But he does tell her, "I froze. I just froze." But on the other side, he could just be going completely psychotic, which was what I wished for a couple episodes ago. And yeah. I'm surprised that they might actually be doing it. So I hope he is. I know. That's yeah. me too. I, I really hope so. I would so. like that. I would like that for a storyline. I just think he needs to do a better job acting it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not convincing me. He's pretty creepy, I would say. Oh, uh, yeah. I think he's pretty yeah. creepy too. But he's a little blank. He's, yeah. He's got that sort of blank stare that just... That is creepy, the, the the way that it's blank. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then later when he, like, I, I wasn't, you know, sure for sure whether he was psycho or not. But then later when he goes into their room and he says, Alicia, and she doesn't say anything. And he said it just quiet enough that I thought maybe he was Test. trying to see if she was already awake. Then he grabs a fucking knife. So what's he doing in there? I thought he was going to get that knife and go do something. Like, I thought he was just going to get the knife for something else, like outside. I thought he was just going to take it because he needed a weapon uh, for some other reason. And then they woke up at the restaurant. Right. But, why would, I thought but he, why would he go for that knife specifically? Cause they because they took all their weapons. Yeah, they took all their weapons and maybe uh, that was just the one that was around. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> Boring. I saw, I, know, a, I saw but... a kitchen in this episode, so I would assume there'd be more yeah, knives somewhere. Yeah. That. She's a cook, man. She's got some big knives. Yeah. It might be locked up. I, <laughs> You know what? I, I think that's probably right. And if it is, I, I'll be kind of disappointed. But, you know, on the other hand, if he is psycho and then... I think the predictable outcome of that storyline is that Travis ends up having to kill him just like he had to kill his ex. Yeah. I just think there's so much more going on Uh, with the show with like the now all the walkers being, you know, locked up and Celia has her own stuff. I think that there's so much more going on that, um, I don't know, the Chris thing, him being a psycho just doesn't seem to fit in for me. I don't think Travis would kill him though. I think Nick would kill him. Alicia. Yeah, maybe all of cool them. Oh, you know, this be <laughs> Caesar style. You know, everybody yeah. get a stab or two. <laughs> I'm going to be doing his panel in Chicago Ooh. next weekend, so I'll nice. ask him who who he would like to to murder him. him. Cool. Oh, um, while we're on the topic of death, which is pretty much the whole episode, um, <laughs> I looked up poisons that create bleeding like that, and there's a, a type of snake called the boom slang, b o o m s l a n g boom slang. That uh, it's a venomous snake that has a, it's let's see, it's venom is a hemotoxin. It disables the coagulation process and causes internal and external bleeding through like all your orifices, essentially. Wow. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound fun. No. 
Okay, where are we? I think, I think we're I at, just went. So yeah, so number two. You turn, yeah. So my number two was the swarm of walkers or the dead or what do they call them in this one? <laughs> the infected. Infected, yeah. Um, the swarm of walkers. Uh, <laughs> the infected. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep doing that loop for the next half hour. <laughs> yeah, at the at the church, just. You know, it's been a while since they've all taken on a swarm and it was just refreshing to get a lot of action all at Mm. once. Why were all those weapons laying there? Um, yeah, I was like wondering was about that too. Yeah, convenient weapons cache. It was just very, yeah, it was yeah. very convenient. You know, somebody knew that they were oh, coming. Oh, probably so. because they all they all came out of the church oh, and died, and they were going right. to have they had oh, that's to right. go to Celia's. They were going to go to Celia's with those. Yeah, of course. So, and I really like. We talked about this a little bit, but I really liked that. You know, crit. Well, let's assume he froze. But um, Nick also froze and was just in shock. Daniel froze because he was getting flashbacks of, you know, when he killed a kid. Choking some boy or something. I mean, I just think that it's realistic to freeze. Like, I can imagine being in that situation just being, I mean, I don't know how I would react, but I would imagine that just freezing Mm -hmm. in fear is something that is a realistic reaction. So I, I like the action and I like the, you know, I like that people froze and you just saw kind of the human nature come out. Have you heard of the like the psychological, um, you know, the the theory of reactions to fear? There's the fight or flight mechanism. Mm-hmm, There's like mm-hmm. a new school of thought that that adds onto that fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, that makes so sense. There you go. I like mm-hmm. to think I'm a fighter, oh, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've woken up, I've woken up from a dream feeling like that, like so scared I can't move. Oh yeah, damn. <laughs> But it's not as exciting to have people that just freeze. So I do hope that most of them are <laughs> fighters. <laughs> I mean, like I love this scene goats. because... What? Like those fainting goats that get scared and they just freeze and tumble <laughs> over. <laughs> have you seen those things? <laughs> no, but I'm going to look that up on YouTube. After. Oh, it's the best. You're going to love it. I'm sure it. there's some YouTube videos. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that scene was really harsh and you know you have so many scenes in the walking dead proper of them attacking a bunch of zombies but this was so much more chilling to me because a they look all fresh so they look more human b the people are newer at it and you can tell they're having a hard time and i just felt like that pain of oh my god like especially when nick had to kill that young girl yeah that was yeah i know that is uh, tough yeah, and you don't, you just don't feel that anymore on, on The Walking Dead, which right. is fine. I mean, they're far into it, but yeah, the look on Nick's face there, you know, he didn't need to say anything. It's just, I know. Right, and then you see him go ahead and and do what he has to do, mm-hmm. and Daniel knifes a priest in the face. So that was an awesome scene. Do you guys ever think about how good a shape they must be in after those fights? Like that has got to be really hard on your muscles to be swinging axes like that. And oh, even yeah. the knife work, just like they gotta have some strong biceps. I'm gonna get some like straw <laughs> dummies and have a zombie cardio class. Yes, that would be awesome. Knife, kill, stab. <laughs> I've got a two-handed great sword that Erica gave me for Christmas. I <laughs> Ice the sword of Nedard of Eddard Stark. I'm, if you're singing a great sword, I bet like you're your uh, back muscles will get really strong. Oh yeah. Every muscle. <laughs> it's a dude, that thing is so heavy. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's pretty cool. All right, your turn. All right. My number 2 is Nick and the way people keep seeing huge potential in Nick. 
you know, first we had Strand who found him and within a few minutes had read him and knew that he was talented and could be used. And for, malleable. Yeah, and malleable. Yeah. And now Celia say, say, is saying like the same type thing uh, about him. Like what? Did, what? Did, what were the exact words she said? She said he's impressionable, and, and Celia said, "Yeah." Then Maddie said he's impressionable, and she said, "Like all enlightened people, or something like yeah, that." Yeah, enlightened. Mm. Interesting. I just I don't know. He's really intriguing. I want to you know see what what comes with all that. I know, I keep and I wonder up. if the way he's doing the part, if they're sort of writing to that now because he does seem kind of special, and I don't know if they would have planned on writing him that way you know yeah i don't know it's interesting i think it's cool to see how the characters act a little bit differently when they're in this home like alicia she gets to curl up on the couch and watch tv kind of let her guard Mm -hmm. down and nick you know when he's out when he had to go into the neighborhood and get louise and you know he was able to kill the walkers and really be on the defensive and then when he's in this safe home eating the what was it the pizzoli what was it called Mm -hmm. and you know he's in there and just kind of in the safe environment that's when he's like i'm just so sick of it you know it's like when you're when you have a little bit yeah you can kind of rest a little bit and let your guard down it's Uh but then some people like madison she is not letting her guard down because she is kind of knows that this isn't this isn't really the safest place. Like we're still need to keep our, you know, keep our eyes open. And the biggest one is I would say Strand, who is with his lover, so that's a and he's also in a place that he knows, but it's like night and day with him. Yeah. He's a whole different he's even complimenting Madison. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean I, when he said she's fierce, I took that as a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. absolutely. But and so did Thomas. Right, right. But he's just a gentle, tender, loving person now, which is I totally know. not... I would I be loved... shocked to describe him that way after the first episode that we met him. I know. I loved seeing <laughs> Strand in this episode. He was so sweet. Yeah. those The, the combo of those two was my number one. Just every scene with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, Strand and Thomas. They didn't yep. tell how he got bitten, right? No. Well, wasn't it at the church? Because his truck was there. Probably. So I'm sure it was at the church. But then how did he get back to the house if he left his truck there? He didn't want to get blood on the interior, so he ran. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he knew that he had to leave it there for Strand. We don't know for sure because we didn't see it, and I don't know how much time passed, yeah. but it makes sense that he would have maybe got bitten there. I don't know. We didn't see them turn at all. That's true. All the parishioners. But True. I, I wonder, there was so much in this episode that I wonder if they just had to cut that part out or something. Okay, my number two is all the sort of religious trappings, accoutrement, symbols. The, the owl. T- the tider, title, for one thing, is Sicket Service, which means like a deer, but it comes from Psalm 42.1, I think, which starts out, Sicket service or as the deer long for the springs of water so my soul longs for you oh god and so i guess i don't know i mean i guess there's religious people so they're sort of striving for god ophelia is definitely celia the priest but i liked that there were two religious interpretations of what's going on with the zombie apocalypse Mm -hmm. the preacher or priest at the beginning says that something evil is trying to make them doubt and turn them away from God. So we need to kill all the zombies, basically. 
and not doubt. And then Celia thinks the Z- the zombies are the next stage of being and we should protect our zombie loved ones. Mm. So I looked up that owl and it's in the Aztec religion that, you know, there were gods and it was multi polytheistic and the owl can represent this God named Mictlan or something <laughs> who is the most prominent Aztec God of death and Lord of the underworlds. And so I Killer. think that's why Daniel knows that when he looked at that coin, you know, and threw it in the ocean. I think yeah, it made that him was... uncomfortable. Oh my God. I love Daniel. <laughs> He's like, Fuck yeah, you. what was up with that, man? Well, I think, it, I don't think, you know, at first I thought, oh, he just doesn't care about Lewis's mom. But I think it was because he doesn't like that symbol because he mm. knows it's disturbing to him. Yeah. So uh, the Aztecs believe that how you died determine where you went in the afterlife. And the most, the more dramatic deaths like battle or they did a lot of human sacrifice and even dying in childbirth led to different forms of paradise but normal deaths like old age you had to go to the underworld or hell and then you you went to the lowest ring and then you had to fight your way out like with trials and challenges and stuff so they were really brutal in fact they bred dogs for meat which is another reason why i think this is she's aztec in origin because they threw that dog down that chute Which was like, what the fuck? I know. Daniel's like, what the (laughs) hell is going on? (laughs) But I couldn't find anything about believing the dead walk among us as ghosts. But that is very Mexican, right? Like Day of the Dead. Yeah. Well, that's my number one is um, it. it is really interesting to see the parallels. So the Day of the Dead is a holiday for remembering and honoring those who have passed. It's a festive and joyous time of celebration, which makes sense because Celia is not that upset. You know, this is joyous for her. Yeah. In homes, people create altars to honor their deceased loved ones. So we saw the altar. And in some places, it's common to allow guests to enter the house to view the altar. So they're welcoming guests in. Wow. It's a way of retaining connections with the unseen world, a world we will all return to one day. So she's really, because she mentioned to Nick, well, they've always been here. Now we can just see them. So it's, I think it is good for, you know, she sees it as good. And then last couple of things, Mexico is rampant with folktales that tell what happens if someone neglects their ancestors on Day of the Dead. So I think that Celia and a lot of people are believing that, hey, if we neglect them, that bad stuff is going to happen. So we need to honor these you know, zombies uh, says that if a spirit returns to find that no one has built an altar for them or that their loved ones only left them paltry offerings, they will feel sad and angry, especially when they see what bounteous offerings other spirits received and neglected spirits may seek vengeance on those who have forgotten them. <laughs> wow. It's pretty interesting. So if you check, really interesting. yeah, if you look at all those facts, you're like, wow. So th- yeah, that was my number one, just how at first, you just, you know, when I just watched the episode, I'm like, okay, you know, kind of interesting. And then I'm like, wow, the writers really did their research. They went deep. <laughs> there's a lot more. It made me like the episode a mm. lot more when I learned all that because there's a lot more meaning. Yeah. And I like that the episode didn't shove it down our throats, mm-hmm. but it's there if you want to look into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get, yeah. So the spirits come back on the Day of the Dead and and are among us and it's a joyous thing and so celia i guess thinks that the zombies are like extending the day of the dead and making it more real or something he's nuts (laughs) what's with the owl okay so the owl is the is the symbol of that aztec death god right 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 
That's all. So that's why I loved when Nick was staring at that carved owl in the tree and flashing back on his first zombie experience, kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Season the the pilot episode that was awesome. Yeah. So a cup. One other thing. So there were a lot of uh, just religious wise. There were a lot of scenes of eating communion, which is uh, represents taking in the body of Christ into your own body. And I think that's a parallel with zombies eating people too. And, mm. But also the whole oh, Aztec yeah, thing, there's a lot of cannibalism and, you know, Celia gives Nick that pozole, which is, it's a Mexican soup or stew originated by the Aztecs. It's made of cornmeal and pork usually, mm, but Aztecs good. believe that God's made, yeah, I've had it. It's really good. Have have made uh, humans out of cornmeal. So this also is like another form of communion. Uh, but it's not about Christ, though. It's about eating humans. And historians say, I got this from Wikipedia, but on special occasions, the Aztecs used actual human meat in the pozole. So they would like oh. rip the heart out of prisoners in ritual sacrifice, then chop up the rest of their body and cook it into maize to share with the community in wow. religious so, communion. So usually wow. it's pork, but every once in a while they'll use long peg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then it says when cannibalism was banned, they... They used more pork more of the time, I guess, <laughs> because one Spanish priest said it tasted it similar, very similar to similar human, to human apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. All right. Um, Duncan, number one. My number one was the uh, the Strand and Abigail scenes. I don't know. I just thought that both those actors like really knocked it out of the park with their roles. And I think those were the hardest hitting moments of the episode for me in terms of um, like emotional weight. It's just I just really really bought it, you know. Every like I really bought the uh, the roles and their feelings at those times, and it's just super intense. What did you guys think about well, that? Well, go ahead, Jessica. I was just gonna say I agree. I thought it was really sweet. What about Strand offering to die with Thomas? Well, he didn't He's... end up. I mean. When yeah. he said he offered to, I I was almost like, oh, come on. You're not going to do it. Don't do it. But I think it was sweet that he said that to kind of give him peace of mind. Yeah. So he knew he wasn't he's really going to go he's through a with pragmatic it. pragmatic kind of guy. I think you he know? knew. Yeah. He, and, knew he wanted to say something to comfort him mm-hmm. and, you know, establish or, you know, um, continue their feeling of togetherness, you know, until the last moment. And, you know, what mm-hmm. stronger way to do that than to at least portray the idea that you'll be together forever in that way. I know. I mean, I do believe that he does feel like at least in this moment, there's nothing left for him, but you're, he's too, he's too pragmatic. Yeah. I felt like he really meant it at that time Mm -hmm. also. And that he, Mm -hmm. you know, there's one scene where, where, um, Thomas was on the bed, you know, pretty much out of it. And strand was kind of gazing, out into mm-hmm. nothingness and I, at that moment i was like oh there's no way he can do it you know he's looking <laughs> yeah. out and seeing there's more to live for and there's no way <laughs> so celia was all proud of him and she brought him a couple of deadly wafers <laughs> <laughs> and then you know he ended up shooting him right through the head so you'd think you know that was kind of i don't know if strand didn't intend on dying with him he could have at least let him become a zombie to placate Celia, but maybe he thinks that's a miserable existence. Yeah, I don't think that he 
agrees with Celia, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think she... She's not going to be happy. No, she's not. But I thought it was very respectful that he put a pillow over his head so it wouldn't... Well, A, probably more for him so he didn't have to look at his head when he did it. And so they wouldn't disfigure his his face with muzzle flash burns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that's what... And also, he ended up waking up Madison and Al- A- Alicia right before Psycho Chris stabbed him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect timing yeah i think strand you know he's he's not one of the religious fanatics like this uh this a lot of the people in this episode apparently seem to be so i think he views the the zeds the infected the jerks as more of an abomination <laughs> and uh he Jerk wouldn't off. want yeah he wouldn't want thomas to and and, and to you know, as far as i know like he's not mexican so i don't yeah. think he will <laughs> <laughs> he could be he could be. <laughs> he could I don't be. think he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. What are we on? Uh, you're number one because I number said one. mine. <clears throat> so I lo- what I loved most about this episode was the mood and how unsettling it felt. It was like I thought it felt like a horror movie, which yeah. Walking Dead shows don't always, like f- almost hardly ever in my opinion, but this really felt like a little independent movie or something mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, Here's a few scenes that just seeing Daniel knife people who had just been killed in the head was pretty gruesome. Right you know, through the, the eye, man. He's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> then the blood coming from the eyes. Then that whole scene where they fought the zombie parishioners. And then just the fact that so many people seem to be losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Chris, Celia has already lost her mind. Daniel's spacing out and seeming really frail and... He's having like those Rick moments where he's getting these crazy flashbacks. And staring off into Classic symptoms of PTSD. Mm. Yeah. You know? And yeah, Celia is just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, she (laughs) I love that you see uh, all this towards the end, more and more stuff, you know, Chris, you're wondering what's going on with him. And then Nick is freaking out on the owl. And then somebody just like casually throws a dog dog. down the chute. (laughs) It was at that moment where I was like, oh, it's Herschel. You know, there's zombies in there. Oh, really? I didn't figure it out for a second. I was like, what the hell was that all It's just like Herschel bringing the chickens, you know, breaking the chicken's legs. That's true. <laughs> so many parallels. It was, it, it, that happened in season two of The Walking Dead. And what season are we on now? Fear the Walking Dead? Two. Two. Uh, two. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But see, it's here's the thing is, last week I was critical of the show for seeming too repetitive of what's happened on The Walking Dead. And this time, as you mentioned, Duncan, there were a lot of similar moments, but I feel like they were done in different enough ways. Yeah. You know, Parallels like Celia, with different motivations. Yes. And Celia's sort of like Herschel, but she's also sort of like Lizzie, you know? Mm, oh, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, I try to not, you know, Fear the Walking Dead has really big shoes to fill. Like, it's yeah. so tempting to want to compare, like, every character and every show. But I try not to do that because it's mm-hmm. like, you got to find its own. I mean... It's got to find its own. Yeah, it's thing. like because we're we're comparing, you know, season two of the of Fear the Walking Dead to like how many seasons of The Walking Dead are there? <laughs> like six or seven? Like Fourteen. <laughs> See, but what what there like when they do something like this where there's some you can make some 
parallels, but it just feels like nothing like this episode has ever been on Walking Dead, I feel like. No, as, right. as a whole. Definitely not. That's true. But last week, it just felt like an episode of The Walking Dead to me in well-trod grounds. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thematic questions that we always get about how far will you go and blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, I've already seen this. <laughs> Except for that one stunt at the end where she slid off the boat. That was new. <laughs> that yeah. Was that was pretty, pretty that. badass. Oh, and I've one... been playing a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, my comment's not important enough to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> Are you sure? Go ahead. Come on. Now I really oh, now we're Now it. we're curious. Yeah. <laughs> so roll. did Alicia bring her makeup on board? Because she looks gorgeous <laughs> after being in the ocean. <laughs> I know. And her hair. Anyway. She wasn't even watching the TV. She was just using the reflection to do her makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to watch TV. I know. Uh, for no, a long time. Zombies because zombies running around outside? Well, no, it's just like after 9-11, how it felt just wrong to watch a comedy show or something. Yeah. You know, it's not exactly like that, but sort of like, oh my God, this is so depressing. And so when you're, and it's the same thing, like when you don't watch TV for a while and then you go back to it, you're like, this is so bad. Like, this is terrible. (laughs) Like I, I took like a couple weeks where I didn't watch some of my shows and then I watched them and I'm like, these are terrible. Like they're entertaining (laughs) me, but I could definitely be okay without cable. (laughs) I would just be depressed to remember that there used to be civilization and now there's not. Yeah. I think just such a downer, mm-hmm. such a downer, mega downer. Uh, but I was going to say uh, <clears throat> that action scene that you mentioned with Alicia reminded me, this is totally off topic, but I just finished playing this new game uncharted. Oh man. It's so good. I haven't played it yet. I'm, I, I'd never had a PlayStation until PS4. So I bought the Drake collection, uh, the uncharted yeah. collection. And I'm working my way up to the new game. Oh, cool. I didn't play the other ones. I only, this is the best looking game I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it, sometimes I, I look, I, I forget that I'm watching a digital video game. You know, it just looks like I'm playing a movie. Yeah. And when, when PS three, I think it was when that came out, Drake's uncharted Drake's fortune was one of the, the, uh, the title games that was released with the, like the launch. Yeah. And that at that time was the Highly best rated. looking PS three game, I believe. So it makes uh, sense that they're care- you know continuing to produce amazing looking games. What's your opinion on that, Jessica? I don't play games. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to us. <laughs> I don't play games. I don't play games. Um, all right. I had a few notes. Uh, let's see. I thought it was ironic, I guess, that the first thing they see in Mexico is a sign that says, por un mejor mañana, which yeah, means for a better, better tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I like that there's a lot of Spanish mm. speaking. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's realistic um, too. I mean, they are in Mexico, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think I remember when they had some episodes of Lost when Jin and Sun were featured and it would be mostly Korean with subtitles. Oh, yeah. And they'd say they said on the podcast afterwards that uh, they were scared that people were going to tune out, but because TV shows don't usually do that, but they people like to just find. So I think maybe that was a precedent there on Lost to do that. And then what else? Uh, yeah, I guess that's all. Do you guys think that the boat's going to come back? Like, do they have yes. it docked and all safe? Yeah, probably. I, I do. I don't think they're going to end up staying at this place very long. Oh, no, not yeah. after Strand shot Thomas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit's going to get real next week. 
<laughs> and she's got all her like armed armed guards. Yeah. She's like, want some more pozole? It doesn't have any venom in it, I promise. <laughs> She's like, I need some more ingredients. <laughs> I want to see her just flip out because she's been so calm, you know? Yeah, yes. and we heard like legends that Lu- Lu- Louise's mom was like crazy, right? What? We- Wait, what? Legends? What? Well, <laughs> when, um, when Strand, when we fi- first met Mexican Jack Black, Louise... Yeah. They're talking about his mom and how she and was, was just like a mega like badass and formidable. Yeah. yeah. Crazy though. Oh, I don't know. I, I heard that. she was, I, I heard, I, I felt like I got the impression <laughs> that she was like uh, crazy. Yeah. Well, she's definitely in control. Yeah. And she's got, she's powerful. I would say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like fearsome, you know? So do you like it a little more now that we talked about it, Jessica? Uh, I do. I mean, you know, the things that I mentioned that were, I didn't totally love, like the whole idea that, you know, the Chris thing and the, um, the blockade thing in the water. I, I mean, I still don't love them, but I do, I do like the episode. Yeah. Cool. I'm still bummed out that we didn't get a floating Godzilla. Flotilla. <laughs> I'm just excited to see where the show goes. Cause I still think it's, yeah. in it's infancy, you know, and storylines, yes. you develop characters and even the Actors too. I mean, we talk about characters. Still, maybe the actors are getting to know these characters as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And, and it's great to have the feeling of, oh man, if if I had next week's episode right now, I'd totally want to watch it and see what happens. Definitely. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think that it's going to get crazy in there because whenever you go to a place that, whenever you, whenever they go to a place that's all gated up and it looks all safe, you know it's not safe. <laughs> yeah. like, or when they safe. go to uh, pretty much anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. There's a fear that we all have inside. There are demons in the night. Every autumn, there's a day we all dread. We're back, and our sponsor this week is Mott & Bow, which is a jeans company. They make high-quality jeans that look and feel good, and they do look really good, and they're really they're some of the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn without having to break them in first, which is awesome because I don't really like shopping, and I'll go to the mall and try on five or seven pairs of jeans and come away with nothing or maybe and one good one. the mall is one. the worst place on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, you know, when they said, we're going to send you some jeans, what's your size? And I was like, oh crap, what if I don't like them? But I do, they're, they're really, they're like some of those nicer looking jeans. So I actually Yeah, so they kind of like a darker wash? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they actually have all different washes, different styles and fits and stuff. But the one they sent me was a darker wash. So I wore them with my cosplay Rick Grimes boots to this Nashville (laughs) Walking Dead party, which is pretty fun. Oh, nice. And they look good and they're comfortable. So you win on both counts. Um, They're high quality denim. They're handcrafted. They're simple aesthetics. They don't have a lot of crazy embroidery or like I know Duncan likes rhinestones. Yeah, they're jewels. (laughs) I told you not to tell anybody about (laughs) that. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) And uh, they make the jeans themselves in their own factory and they ship directly to you. So like some of our other sponsors, that eliminates retail markups uh, uh, typical of 
their this quality of products so they can give it them to you at a really good price point. And what another cool thing, if you're not sure what waist size you are, if you're in between, you can do their home try on program. So you get two sizes and you can try them on and then just, they give you all the prepaid package to send it back. So that's uh, really convenient. They're already underpriced for the quality, but you guys get an even better deal, of course. And that is if you go to mottenbow.com, that's M-O-T-T-A-N-D-B-O-W.com and use promo code DEADCAST, you get 20% off, which is a pretty good deal. So I highly recommend checking them out. That's mottenbow.com with promo code DEADCAST. And thanks to Mott and Bow for your support. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and I'm at the website thanks, right Mott now. They look really cool. I am at the website as well. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. All right. So first, I will be taking over for Mr. Blog as host of Game of Microphones after next week, starting with season six, episode six, which Aww. I'm really excited about. Yeah, because, um, you know, I just decided, Mr. Blog, that's enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, he's been having a blast doing this, and he's been doing a great job and totally knocking it out of the park, and I can't thank him enough. Thank you, Eric. Um, but he came to me and said, hey, I've got two podcasts a week under the comic covers and game microphones, plus he's taking voice acting classes, oh, that's so cool. and he's got his seven daughters, so just kidding, his seven dollars you know he's like can you, would you mind taking kids? over um, they're young they're they little? like uh like nine, nine and, and 12 maybe 13 yeah. or something That's like that cool. yeah. they're cool 10 and 13 yeah they're really cool maggie and mara cool <laughs> so um so yeah so i'm excited because i thought i wasn't going to get to podcast about that but i am and so tune in in a, well, I hope you're tuning in now, but you'll hear me in a couple of weeks on there. So Game of Microphones, all, Game of Microphones is the Game of Thrones podcast and you're taking over from Mr. Yeah. Blog. And I hope you'll listen, even though you don't watch the show. No, I'm just eh, kidding. I probably won't listen. <laughs> and I'll, be, uh, I'll be co-hosting the June 6th episode as well. And yes, do you have a regular Melissa. co-host? It's, yeah, it's, it's the rotating. way that show works is there's a single co-host and rotating co or a single host and rotating co-host. Oh, cool. So yeah, I was just going to mention that in episode six, it's going to be my wife, Jenny and my friend, Doug and I, and then the episode after that is me, Melissa and Duncan. Fun. So fear the walking dead cast crew. And also all episodes that I'm on will feature a book talk section by Mr. Duncan McPherson. What? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, get ready, book readers. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's been a lot I of meat this hear season. Myself. I'm gonna listen to it even though I don't read the books. Oh, there's there's gonna be serious spoilers though. I'm gonna get my husband to listen because he's a big Game of Thrones fan. Nice. Oh, cool. All right. Next there's an upcoming AMC show called Preacher, which is based on a comic book of the same name. I think that was written by Garthinus, who did a lot of Punisher stuff. And it's getting really good buzz. One review from Collider says, quote, what you need to know going in is that the show is funny, sexy, offbeat as hell. And with Sam Catlin, who was one of the writers on Breaking Bad as showrunner, divinely dark. Another from We Got This Covered says, quote, gutsy, giddily gonzo and gleefully gory 
Preacher won't be for everyone, but its confident blending of kooky characters and otherworldly occurrences at least indicate that those on its weird wavelength are in for one hell of a ride. And that was a lot of awesome alliterations. Right I, there. Know, I know, I <laughs> know. Uh, Love that. But and the previews look really cool, and I don't know why I care, but with Breaking Bad over and Mad Men, I've been hoping that AMC would pull another really good show out of their hat. Um, I'm loving Better Call Saul, but like you know, a new one. So I hope this is it. Yeah. It looks good. They've been really promoting it hard um, in the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I think it seems like they're proud of it. Um, it comes out May 22nd, which is coming up pretty soon here. On, and it's going to be on Sundays. And they're going to, of course, have the Chris Hardwick show afterwards. It's called Talking Preacher, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, think, I think that's what it's really, really? called. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, next. In a recent interview with Entertainment Weekly, Dave Erickson, Fear the Walking Dead showrunner, talked about why Daniel was hearing voices last episode. Mm. Take the gun, Daniel. He said that Intriguing. Griselda's death awakened the voice inside Daniel's mind. He said, quote, what's interesting about Daniel this season is losing Griselda. It's a huge loss to him, and obviously he's traumatized by it. He wasn't with her when she died. He was never able to properly bury her. And I think what you start to see is that he's also someone who shared his secrets with Griselda. She knew what he was back in El Salvador and in her, he received forgiveness. She supported him. She understood him. And now in her absence, Griselda has been replaced with Ophelia who knows that he was a torturer and committed war crimes and atrocities. And in her, he sees judgment. So it's, her his daughter's fault mm. that's what they're saying what, what <laughs> we're starting to see is that a lot of ghosts are coming back and the things that he was able to bury for so long because he had griselda they're starting to sort of creep around the edges fragment his psyche and it's part of the larger mystery of daniel salazar which we'll continue to explore nice in the next makes few perfect episodes. sense yeah that that played out pretty much exactly like that cool. yeah good to know so, and and it's not over you know i'm sure yeah i i'm interested in the daniel character Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm excited to see the, yeah, his backstory come out more is really interesting. Yep, we got our first flashback today, right? So, it, things are starting to unravel for people on this show, and it's really interesting. Will he continue to unravel, or uh, somehow be able to have some sort of a, I don't know, reconciliation of all that? Next, Seth Green's robot chicken is doing a Walking Dead edition of the show. <laughs> which I'm looking forward to. It's a half hour special on adult swim from cartoon network. They say it's quote extra bloody half hour special robot chicken, <sighs> the walking dead, which will unleash an animated zombie apocalypse. I love that show, man. Me too. And uh, Kirkman and Scott Gimple are both helping to write it. Killer. Should be cool. No confirmed bam, air date bam, yet. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> There's a couple more. So five people or ages ranging from 18 to 25 were caught trespassing on the property in East Coetta, Georgia, that served as Herschel's farm. Hmm. Ooh, and, yeah, they've had that place off limits big time. Yeah, and they were arrested and they had to erase any f- pictures off their phones. Oh, man. <laughs> do they give, t- I mean, yeah, what do they do with all the sets? Like after they're done with those scenes? I that mean- is actually a private residence. Oh, I've been there. I was oh, yeah, storm, you were storming the farm. <laughs> so somebody <laughs> lives Beautiful. there. 
Yeah, it's this religious family too. So none of oh, us wow. zombies were allowed to come up on the porch. That really? A condition of their letting Walking Dead film there is no zombies wow. in the house. Interesting. But you can have zombies all over the property. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> For enough money. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a beautiful place. So next, this last one has clues to who Negan killed in the finale. So if you don't want to hear any possible spoilers, you should skip ahead to the next section. Okay, oh, see you guys. Piece of, was this piece of news on TMZ? Yeah. Yes, I know mm-hmm. what you're going to say. <laughs> so Walking Dead season seven started filming earlier this month and TMZ reported what? That Norman Reedus and Steven Young <laughs> saved someone from a car accident in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Well, sort of. They didn't actually save anybody. They like came upon a They car stopped and, and caused the accident. <laughs> they were riding no, their motorcycles in their sexy black outfits. <laughs> yeah. And they be, they tried to be heroes. Oh, they were riding thing. bikes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's classic. And so, but you never know. They they might have just been filming the next episode of Ride. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you but might you know be what? right about that. I thought about this. I'm like, it's really not a spoiler because honestly, if you're if they kill somebody off, but they don't want people to know yet, they still keep that actor in the town that they're filming. I yeah, those guys are it. slick like that. But we we can See, guess that Stephen Young's dead because now they gave him you know a pity spot on Ride. <laughs> <laughs> I, in all seriousness, I don't think I think Ride. They're not probably not filming Ride right now because <laughs> they're filming Walking Dead. Yeah, definitely. I was like, oh man, that's right, but I, I think not. And also, there was a rumor that they pay people to stay on set. I think AMC put that rumor out themselves after this came out to throw people off the trail. I thought I heard I think, that a while ago, though. Not just okay. After this. Well, maybe you're right, but they're too cheap, man. They 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 don't have good budgets for the show. Hmm. I, I, I also think that, well, I, the budgets have probably expanded by now, but they've just shown that they're not very good at handling this kind of stuff. Like, Yeah, because the- as you've been reporting, like everyone has different stories about, you know, do the actors know who died? Do yeah, they don't? Yeah. And with Glenn, when he was under the dumpster and they were trying to make it seem like he was dead and... Yeah. and they were just fumbling all over their words in the press releases. And there's pictures of him with Jesus popping up online. Like, <laughs> yeah. So not not because he's dead, like not up in the sky, Jesus. Like they're know? on yeah, they're on set together. Yeah. I just think it's fun to speculate, you know? You see stuff like that and Yeah, if they fun. had sk- scenes of him like with all these clouds and he was in yeah, a red with rope, Jesus with, different with a halo. Different Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for the news. Let's move along to listener modes, groans, and grunts. Brains. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. You go first. Yes. Ashley Renfro said, "I really enjoyed it. It has such a creepy vibe to it, like I'm watching a thriller, which helps differentiate it from The Walking Dead." P.S. I know those fools did not feed a live dog to zombies with some very oh. sad faces. <laughs> those fools did do that. Kate Wright says, I know we see a lot of human death in the Walking Dead universe, but the puppy thing just really crossed the line for me. Not cool. I'm not sure what kind of person this makes me, but puppies is zombie food. <laughs> Crying face. But as soon as I found out that the Aztecs used to breed dogs for meat i just thought okay there's too many signs that she's got some aztec stuff going on here yeah 
Very interesting. Josh, how would you say that name, Duncan? Svijanovic. <laughs> Svijanovic. Svijanovic. Josh, call in and yeah. tell me how to pronounce your name correctly. Or Please. give me a phonetic Maybe Janovic. That might be right. The C-V-I-J. I feel like Josh silent. doesn't fit in this. Sianovic. One of these Sianovic. is not like the other. <laughs> Sianovic. The scenes between Sianovic. Abigail and Strand were very sweet and sincere. I think any question about Victor's true feelings were answered. I'm really interested to see what comes next as more of these characters continue to struggle mentally with the zombie apocalypse. Vic- yeah, that's true about Victor. It seems like it's clear that his story was a love story. But now that Thomas is gone, maybe he'll just all that tenderness will go away and he'll be purely vicious. Oh, mm. ugh. it's a terrifying thought. Because <laughs> he's, you know, he's real smart. He could be real, real manipulative and real bad if you wanted to. Yep. Hake Allen says, wow, this episode was very intense in many different ways. There's absolutely no doubt now that Tom and Strand's love was real. Chris is really starting to go off the deep end. He's losing it. Holy shit, next week should be amazing when wrapping up what happened in this one. Ashley Snellgrove says, I'm with Melissa. Enough with the beautiful hair. Nick's hair is going into natural dirty dreadlocks. Meanwhile, Alicia has gorgeous flowing tussled locks like she just got back from the salon. (laughs) I'm with you, Ashley. (laughs) Lynn, I think it's beautiful and I would never want it to change. (laughs) (laughs) Lynn Corso Malinowski says, Chris has lost his mind. He's had so much potential as a toughening survivor, but now he needs to look at the flowers. Oh, See, other people, yeah, yeah, think that he's crazy but I, I when you said your your reasoning i started to come around to the way you guys see it hmm. we will we will find out we will see um fran bernstein says this show finally turned the corner this week wow love that the characters are creepier than the zombies <laughs> yeah big time kathy lund says you're right duncan thank you louis, louis really <laughs> did look like the mexican jack black did <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Diaz says Celia's character is very representative of the Mexican culture. One, her deep Catholic faith. I'm not sure. Maybe you're right. Two, having food always ready to eat like the pozole soup. And three, always doting on their children. However, having a basement full of zombies is not representative <laughs> of Mexican culture. <laughs> but in general, remembering those who have passed is. All right. Mo Favo says, have very mixed emotions about seeing Catholic altar boys, priest, and child choir zombies and them being killed. Someone in the writer's room is a lapsed Catholic. I like the idea of a matriarchal battle instead of a male warrior driven battle, especially when the zombie apocalypse seems to require a physical strength to be most important. Yeah, it is interesting that there's very strong female characters, which I like. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. good for change. Yeah, and Travis, you're right. He was being kind of whiny. And I mean, on the other hand, I can understand not being defensive. If someone's calling your son crazy, that you would want to maybe come to his aid. But the way he was handling it was kind of weird. And he's comparing right? like, you know, oh, I was there for, you know, Nick when he was going to read. It's like, dude, you know, yeah, things he, have changed. Okay. Yeah, he got real pissed real <laughs> being, fast. Being there for someone who has a drug problem is different than being there for someone who threatened you physically. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to so, have to hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Audrey Srod. Wow. I can't believe they're making Chris a psycho. Maybe we'll get to see the evolution if they don't kill him off right away. Wow. Yeah, if he is 
evolving into a psycho. I hope we get to see mm-hmm. that evolve. Sean Ronjo Glowacki says Ruben Blades and Frank Delane continue to hit it out of the park. Definitely. Jackie Arns Rossi says this show is starting to stress me out, which is good. A few weeks ago, I didn't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> I love stress. Oh. <laughs> this is sort these are sort of shows for masochists like <laughs> yeah i think the um the transition to a psycho thing is pretty cool because there's um if it's happening there's a couple different kinds of psychopath i don't know if you guys know much about psychopaths i don't do you but uh, there's people enlighten who are us. born psycho psychopathic they're called primary psychopaths and they're just lacking empathy essentially there's like um like an area of the brain that doesn't work and mm-hmm. they're incapable of feeling empathy. So they're just, you know, they're very analytical, very calculating, very methodical. Um, and they, not they emotional. feign empathy. They do. Right? They learn to mask to create right. um, like Ted Bundy, for instance, was like mm-hmm. a master at um, I- imitating empathy and they do it to fit in and use it to mm-hmm. manipulate. And to fool people. Yeah. Um, and then there's what, is referred to as a secondary psychopathy, which is psychopathy, you know, a lack of empathy that's induced by environmental stresses. So essentially all this, all this, all these factors in the environment are inducing a secondary psychopathy in Chris in this uh, circumstance. And I, if you guys ever see this show, Dexter. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I, I've seen it's really episode. good. I, I, I classify Dexter as a secondary psychopath as well. And this, the show kind of chronicles his, his humanizing and his, uh, like sort of, you know, slipping out uh, of psychopathy. Yeah. Cause I always felt like where that show fell down was when he did start to become more empathetic later on. But you're saying that if it's induced, then you can come back from yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like when his mother was chopped to death in front of him with a chainsaw and a shipping container, that, triggered secondary psychopathy in him and he's you know as um as he starts to form human connections with people over the years and over the seasons he slowly becomes less and less psychopathic Mm. and starts really feeling emotions again and like actually being able to feel empathy and it confuses him and screws up his methodology for his serial killing and (laughs) it's fun i guess i'm the first type (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i knew that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing a good enough job of disguising it all right here's a long email duncan <laughs> from stephanie sanchez lopez i feel compelled to talk about chris so here goes everyone thinks that chris has gone off the deep end and i have to admit it does look like he has however i think his intentions are being misinterpreted when he stood there staring at madison trying to fight off a walker i do not think he wanted to watch her die per se he was angry at her for lying to him and angry at himself for confiding in her being as she is also one of the reasons his parents got separated so i think he did freeze for a second letting the anger take over rather than his better judgment would he have helped her eventually i don't know but i do not think he he uh, necessarily wants Madison to die. This brings me to the bedroom scene. My interpretation of this is that Chris felt bad for having scared Alicia to the point of her sleep, having to sleep in the same room as her mom, with Travis having to watch over him, like a police officer watches over a prisoner. <laughs> so he heads to Alicia's room in order to apologize. When he gets there, however, he notices a knife. He realizes that 
the maid having removed all of their weapons because they were in a safe place and Alicia deeming it necessary to protect himself, herself from Chris, he starts to realize just how far he'd gone and how wrong he'd been in doing so. Then, when the gunshot wakes Madison and Alicia, the look they give him makes Chris realize they wouldn't believe him. Added to the pain he feels at realizing he threatened the only family he has, he runs away in order to escape everything. I might be wrong, or I may be reading too much into this, but I just like to think that Chris isn't Fear the Walking Dead's equivalent of Shane. <sighs> I remember someone on your podcast saying how sometimes we get so attached to a character that we start to forgive any and every bad thing they do, and that might be the case now. But maybe, just maybe, there's still hope for Chris and his survival. But why did he I pick like up... That int- yeah, I do too. But why did he pick up the knife? I want like everything yeah. makes sense about this email. I'm just wondering what made him go over there and pick up the I knife. Think she's saying he was just regarding it, like it, yeah, like contemplating it. Yeah, like oh my god, I because of me they need this. Hmm. I hope she's totally wrong, but <laughs> she could be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Thanks. Good email. All right, one call from. Our friend Kim Remal Sonderman. Hey, Jason and crew. This is Kim Sonderman. Um, I was just listening to your episode on Captive and thought that I would give you my opinion about why Alex asked for Travis to be brought back to the boat. I'm hearing this question on a lot of podcasts this week, and um, I think that everyone is, people aren't looking deep enough into this question. So look at it from. Did you hear what the question was? No. Why Alex chose to have Travis come back, <clears throat> excuse me, to Connor's boat mm. last okay, week. Okay, got it. Instead of Strand. Mm, okay. Because Strand, I was saying Strand's the one that cut her loose, so why didn't she try to get him, you know, yeah. over there? Instead, she wanted Travis. Yeah here's, yeah, here's Kim's answer. Alex's eyes. She does not know who Strand is or what his story is. Um, but she can tell just from first meeting him that he is a very black and white type of person. He is very staunch. He obviously does not want them on this boat. And so he's the one to not be reckoned with. But when it comes to Travis, she said that she could see it in his eyes and saw him make that decision. And what she means by that is that she sees the good in him and she sees that He's a one he's one that could fight for her to be allowed onto the Abigail, but he doesn't. Instead, he says that they can tow the Zodiac behind the Abigail and just give them food and water. Well, in her eyes, what that means is he's condemning them to death because now Jake is not allowed to get any sort of medical care um, or any sort of nourishment or anything like that. He is going to be dragged on that boat in the sunlight and you know how sun and heat can affect someone that has had a severe burn like that it makes it 10 times worse um so anyways i think that she's she's directing her anger towards travis because he had the the ability to make that choice and he chose wrong in her eyes um there's no point in taking her anger out on 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 strand because it's very obvious the type of person that he is when you first meet him. So that's my two cents. Um, hopefully you guys can see that and understand what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> but um, keep it up, guys. I am loving the shows. Melissa, you're awesome. Duncan, you're great, too. Don't and lie. Um, look forward <laughs> to hearing more episodes. Oh, and here's my zombie growl. Yes. Wow, that is Later. really good. Very good. Later. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's no point in, in being pissed at uh, Strand and talking it with him about it because he was gonna do what he was gonna do. He's not, he doesn't feel like it was the wrong thing. If uh, but by confronting Travis about it, you you could trigger, you know, his his empathy and make him realize that he made the wrong decision and actually have an effect on his. But future now, actions. what about now? What we've seen from Strand this week that he actually is he does have other sides to him. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's it, it, he. He definitely does. He was just so single-minded in his focus of getting back to his mm-hmm. his dude, you know. But it's like if Al, if Alex thought, well, there's no reasoning with him. He's completely black and white. Well, turns out, in my opinion, she was wrong about that. It was a snap judgment that was wrong. But uh, but I also don't think that's a very good justification for having a guy like Travis suffer just because she feels like well strand's a jerk so there's no sa- there's no saving mm-hmm. him well there's no saving him but you can still make him suffer for mm-hmm. for actually physically doing this yeah, make him thing. suffer suffer yeah i don't i don't buy that justification i mean i think you're probably right that that's what alex was thinking but i think it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alex like you if i was alex, alex and i saw that look this one guy he he wanted to throw us off his boat. Strand owns the boat. This other guy, Travis, he had the idea, well, we'll, we'll tow him along. It's a compromise, but we'll at least be able to do something for them. And then strand came and cut me off. The same guy who said we should let him go in the first place. I'd be fucking pissed at strand, not Travis. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if, yeah, if Travis, maybe you saw in his eyes that maybe he could have stepped up and tried to do something and he was weak and just compromised instead. That's still better. Still better. Mm-hmm. Definitely better. True. Yeah, and That's you want to take out the bad guy first. But I love Kim. And Kim has a podcast of her own. So if you agree with her and not me, you should go listen to Fear Me, oh. which is another Fear the Walking Dead cast. No podcast. way. There you go. I didn't even know there were <laughs> any other ones. Anyway. Well, there is one. Awesome. <laughs> Are the other Walking Dead <laughs> podcasts doing Fear the Walking Dead? Some of them are and some of them are not. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next time on Fear the Walking Dead. It's season two, episode seven, called Shiva. And you know what that means? Ezekiel has a tiger. <laughs> it's a crossover episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the family faces their biggest test yet. Nick, Madison, and Travis and others try to stay close to each other. I watched two teasers. One of them was kind of jumbled, but it had Madison saying, Celia is not our friend. Stay away from her. And then later it said, Nick had Nick saying to Madison, I move among them, mom. Whoa. He's bragging about that. And then mm. there was another teaser that was just one little bit of a scene. It had Daniel and Ophelia hearing noises in the middle of the night. And he says, get your shoes on. And they get up to run. And the people in the house are leaving the house too, all the helpers and everything. And then when they're outside, Ophelia seems sick and upset and she's tired, too tired to move. And then she starts pulling the skin off of her face. Oh, so I think it's probably a dream. Mm. Oh, but those are the teasers. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Definitely looking forward to that. All right, that's our show, episode 220. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Jessica, for coming on yeah, again. Yeah, thank you Thanks very for much. having me. Yeah, it's good. Um, too bad you don't watch Game of Thrones. You could come I know. on that too. <laughs> I would almost considering, you know, I'd almost consider watching the whole series just to be on one podcast with you. But uh, Well, you got <laughs> two weeks. Okay, time. <laughs> just get it done by uh, next weekend. Yeah, you got like two, two weeks until the episode. You got time to marathon five and a half seasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need some therapy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you definitely Is there anything you want to promote or anything? Uh, listen to the podcast producers. And Yay. Yeah, that's my that's one of my shows and it's on the Podcastica network. So um Podcastica. Awesome. I co-host it with Corey Coates, the podcast producers. Oh, and Jason and Karen will be on not our next episode, but in a few weeks. Um I think we will? Like, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You got Karen. Whoa. whoa. Did you talk to my agent? You got, you got Jason. Because <laughs> Jason's Karen. easy. Everybody gets Jason. But you got <laughs> Karen. Too. That's right. I got Karen. Yeah, so we'll have a really good time. I think that'll be on the first or second yeah. week of June, but just go to thepodcastproducers.com and subscribe to our show on iTunes. And if you're going to be at Podcast Movement, um, go to Podcast Movement and see us. <laughs> yeah, that you have a booth there, right? Yes, we have a booth. Corey has a booth, so we'll be all boothed up. <laughs> yeah, and I'll let you guys know when that interview comes out with me and karen and i'm looking forward to doing that i think it's scheduled to do it next week yeah uh thank you also to a listener great you know greg from south carolina yeah well now he's from virginia so anyway <laughs> he also sent us a bunch of beer wow from microbreweries no way That's so nice and dang it duncan i wish you were in the area oh me too man <laughs> you don't wish i was in the area i like beer well i was uh, next week i'm gonna bust it out <laughs> oh. i wish you were in the area too now that he knows you like I beer he's beer. like oh i wish you were in the area <laughs> <laughs> so greg just sent beers because he's a nice guy and he wanted to share and he loves local breweries he said he doesn't have anything to plug but quote maybe just tell people to check out their local beer scene because there are yes. a lot of junior breweries out there that could use their support do it you know i highly recommend that Jason, there's a, uh, I met at um, PodFest, this podcasting conference I was at a couple months ago, and there's a guy there, and I'm trying to remember his name, and I'll have to look it up and tell you, but he has a, a whole podcast network with shows about beer, and he's in San Francisco. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. All, a bunch of different podcasts all about beer, huh? Yeah. Mm. That's cool. So, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. All right. If you want to send us beer, you can send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at walkingdeadcast.com. And please check out our other podcasts. There's like 10 of them on our network at podcastica.com. And thanks to everybody who uses our Amazon link at walkingdeadcast.com slash Amazon that helps us pay for the cost of podcasting every month. So really appreciate it. I just want to say I love the little podcastica intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It is That's fun. Pretty, I did that. And Nicely I done, ask, Jason. I was going to ask Melissa to, to do it professionally, but um, Harry said, nah, the one you did sounds good. So I'm like, oh, that sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks. All right. That's 
pretty much it. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't get bit. Ashley Snellgrove.